What's up, family? I am Corindiana Lane, and I do worship. And I am Nazinga Benton, and I do therapy. And together, this is Worship and Therapy. We always, because it's super important, give our disclaimers. As an international worship leader, a parent, a spouse, a friend, and a regular person like everyone else, it's tough to find a place where you can kick back, let your hair down, and just be heard. So we created a platform that focuses on mental health advocacy for not only Christians, but also African-American communities, where we discuss the really tough issues that we all deal with in life. And now, Nzinga will give her disclaimer. I am a licensed professional counselor. However, I am not your counselor, and this does not replace you going to counseling. The things I discuss are things I've researched, things I've experienced, and my personal opinions on the matter. Now, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. I wanted to um, wanted to start off with just kind of saying there's good mental health, and then there's ill mental health. So even the term itself, mental health, most people always kind of have a negative connotation to it. Like when you just say, you just mentioned mental health, they're like, oh, what's wrong? You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, mental health is just, you know, a blanket uh, statement that means, you know what I'm saying? We're just concerned about how we manage what's going on in our, you know what I'm saying, our mental, uh, our mental world. Um, And then let me see, let me look at my notes, all right? with notes and I came prepared, right? <laughs> so I wanted to kind of start off with like some statistics that I researched, okay? Um, one thing that really stuck out, it says, it was reported in the LifeWay study that 48% of Christians believe that serious mental illness may be overcome by Bible study and prayer alone, okay? Now, when I read that, that was kind of, you know, kind of alarming because I'm like, that's half the community, you know what I mean, that that believes that, well, all I got to do is just pray all of this away, you know what I'm saying, just get in my word and then, you know what I'm saying, that's it, you know what I'm saying, but we as believers that, you know what I'm saying, that go through this, me personally, I've walked through this, still walking through this um, mental, you know what I'm saying, mental struggles, issues, what have you. And I know the father, and I know that it's not that alone, okay? <laughs> so when I read that, I was just like, man, you know, that's, you know, that's interesting, um, interesting to, uh, statistic. Um, and then, it's, let's see what else I said. Um, and then there was another thing that said, let's not talk about the stigma that it carries. Uh-huh. So most believers and most Christians will avoid it at all costs because of what it makes them look like. Now that's another another area that that resonated with me because even through my own personal journey, when I when the onset of my um, I started having panic attacks probably like three years ago, and like the moment that it began, shame came on me, uh, like uh, like all these different things. Like I was thinking, like, do I believe? How- I'm like, you know, I said, I'm, I'm like always in worship. I'm, you know, I'm going before people. I'm on the stage declaring and binding and loosening. And I'm like, how in the world would this, would I even be dealing with this? So, you know what I'm saying? So that, you know what I'm saying? That really like, that really, really stuck out to me because I do know that I retreated, you know what I'm saying? And I isolated and I'm like, dang, I mean, how do you, 
tell somebody this, you know what I'm saying? Especially <laughs> if you're really serving, you know what I'm saying, in the church um, very uh, readily, you know what I'm saying? At, at the, um, the church that I was at, I was very, very um, like a staple, you know what I'm saying? Of, you know what I'm saying, and worship, worship leader, traveling, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So I'm like, how does one go to them and say, yeah, so I don't think everything's going right up here. I don't know. <laughs> and and I don't even know if you could ask for help. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So that really rang up. Um, and because it said, because most feel like uh, that they have to be there or always be on. And it could be exhausting. You know what I'm saying? Because you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Dang, I can't be down. I can't be, you know what I'm saying, off. I can't come off my post. That was like the biggest thing that rang out to me. It's like, oh my gosh, like, if I'm not there, then what, you know what I'm saying? What's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Feeling like nobody else could be there but me. You know what I'm saying? Like, just that feeling. So even that level of like condemnation or just feeling like, how did I let this happen type of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that, you know what I'm saying? This that's It's a whole nother it's a whole nother thing of where this thing is rooted. You know what I'm saying? From, um, let me see. There was another one that said, why you, why you look that up real quick? Like here's the thing. This is just something real quick. I want to interject. And yeah. it's probably gonna, you know, ruffle some feathers, but yeah. that statistic right there says that the church can be the solution and the problem at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because where does that shame come from? Where does that, feeling come from that I can't go before my leaders and say I'm right. praising I'm worshiping I'm doing all this and yet there's something not right I feel like something is off because many churches have not made it open for you to do well, that but it hasn't which, yeah it hasn't been like open conversation or like you know even um you know how you may hear something broadcasted over uh, when they do announcements and you hear like uh, there's uh, legal services uh, in the lobby, at, you know what I'm saying, after service, you know, you can go talk to somebody, whatever. But mm -hmm. to not hear like if you're dealing with something, you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with, you know, we have people that are, so it's like, you know, that would have, first of all, made it way more, um, way more that you felt accepting because I don't know if it's a thing of where you feel like they, they don't make you feel comfortable because I don't even know if, if, if they're intentionally doing that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's intentional, but what was alarming to me is when I began to talk about it, there were so many people that were like, Oh yeah, I dealt with that. I deal with that. Oh man, let me, you know what I'm saying? I was like, huh? So so are we all dealing with this alone? You know what I'm saying? In our own yep. court. Yep. Like because, yep. for us to for it to be um uh, normal. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a normalcy about it because our mental health, our management is very important. You know what I mean? It's it's for it's it's everything. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about our thought life. You know what I mean? Like that's that's our life. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're consumed, you know, with our thoughts. So, um, okay. So this other one that I thought was alarming, two out of three depressed people don't seek help according to the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. Two out of three people are depressed. Just sit with that for a moment. 
So that means if you're standing in a line in a supermarket and there's three of you there, two of you are depressed. <laughs> that's, that's alarming. And what's, I think what's more alarming about that statistic is that two of three are not seeking help. Help. Mm -hmm. Right? So, because technically it could be more who are depressed. Absolutely. Two out of three who are, are not seeking help. help. Mm -hmm. Which then to me says that the chances of more people experiencing that depression, because I think about families, like if I own it, if I have it and I don't own it for myself, it becomes a way of life. And then I have, have children who mm -hmm. witness me being this way. It becomes our way of life, okay. right? Then they have children who, it becomes, like it becomes depression begets depression. Yeah, yeah. When I don't own, that's what it is. And I'm not seeking support or help for it. Yeah. So I would venture to say that that number is probably greater, but probably. two out of the three are not seeking help. Yeah. It's that's definitely huge. It's definitely greater. Definitely got to be greater. That's huge. That's crazy. Now, this other one says research done by Stanford said depression in the Christian culture carries a double stigmatization. Mm -hmm. Say that five times. Stigmatization. Mainly because of over-spiritualizing depression and other disorders, dismissing them as lack of faith or a sign of weakness. That is powerful. That forces us into isolation. You know what I'm saying? It's that type of, you know what I'm saying, projection that's just like, well, dang, man, if, you know, dang, I must don't believe. I must, because that was the, I know that was the main thing that I thought, you know what I'm saying? When, when, when it started happening in my life, I was like, well, I must not believe. Mm -hmm. And I was even talking to the Lord, like, Lord, I, well, I'm talking to you, so I must believe. But maybe I don't believe. You know, like it's like this. You know, it was like a constant battle. Just like maybe I don't believe if this is. You know, what I'm saying if this is something that's that I'm. You know, that I'm dealing with. Not even really knowing nothing about. You know, what I'm saying mental health. But once mm -hmm. kind of entered into my life and I started doing the research, I started kind of seeing the thread that like you said before what begets 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 yep. i started seeing the thread along my 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 family and my you know what i'm saying and my mm -hmm. my parents and then my grandparents you know what i'm saying and stuff like that and i was like okay this you know is and here's thing. here's something when you were talking that i think is very important or just worth bringing out the yeah. you know Let's say what the Bible says, right? But the Bible does say something that I think is very powerful that I think we ignore. It says yeah. that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And right. so oftentimes we'll stop with, uh, because you don't know God or somebody doesn't know Christ or something. You know, I think that message is a whole lot bigger than that because I don't know the difference between somebody not having faith and having a mental break. They perish mm -hmm. because as a church body and leader, I'm not doing due diligence this is me. I'm not doing due diligence to understand secular ways and other ways and, and mental health. Yeah. And I'm sending them away and say, go pray about it. That's a soul. That's an individual who perishes, right? That's right. another statistic. That's another person because we are not right. arming ourselves with knowledge. 
right. to know that there are people who had mental disorders, mental challenges, even if you're not at the point of a disorder. Like we all, I have bouts of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I have had bouts with depression. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. And if we stop, start normalizing it, I think you used that word earlier. Yeah. If we start normalizing it, and owning versus shaming folk yeah. or praying them away. Yeah. Because then, so think about this. You, you tell your leader, you tell whomever, you know, I've been suffering. I've been, you know, really sad lately or, or whatever. And they say, yeah. hey, go pray. And then you go pray and nothing happens. Right, right. Now that kind of causes your belief to waver. Yeah. Then we get into these thoughts that we've been talking about, right? These negative thoughts. Right. Which right. happens often. Right. And we spiral yeah. and spiral. And spiral. Because no one is getting knowledgeable enough to understand enough. And I'm not saying that every pastor, preacher, teacher should be, you know, a therapist and understand, but they should have, if they, if they don't have at least a working knowledge, I believe yeah. that is important. And people around you who know the work. It's that part. Because not, because when it began for me, the first thing I did was I started Googling <laughs> no, was on YouTube. I put in YouTube uh, panic attack. I think I put panic attacks as a Christian. That was, what, that was what I typed in the search. And three pastors came up. <laughs> Two of them were white. One of them was black. And I was just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. now when I'm what I was sad about, you know what I'm saying, is it wasn't there was no I had to like even when I put in that, I I, I had to scroll up and like search and search because I was looking for myself. You know, I was looking for mm -hmm. my complexion. I was looking for some, you know what I'm saying, something that looked like me, resembled me, maybe around my age, maybe, you know, I don't know. I was just looking for like, who can I identify with at this time that can make me feel like I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going I'm gonna be okay. Um, you know, if you if you've gone through this before, what did you do? Are there any, you know what I'm saying, tips? How was it for you? Are some of the symptoms the same? All the these different things is I was looking for hope. Yeah. In that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that time and I was just like man it, it was sad you know it was sad for me but I'm grateful for the ones that were talking about it you know what I'm saying and that I could play in my ears over and over and over and over and sometimes just to go to sleep over I would listen to the same messages over and over because nobody else I, I couldn't find anybody else that was talking about it as a part of their message you know what I'm saying? But as part of, it was them, not somebody that they knew. You know what I mean? I'm just like, mm -hmm. because I needed that point of contact from a believer, somebody that I actually, you know, I believe their walk, I believe, you know what I'm saying, their ministry, you know, you feel like you got, because it's got to be somebody you kind of connect to as well, of just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I could believe that, you know? So it's like all of these different things that had to be qualifiers in order for me to feel hope. You know what I mean? In the in the natural sense. Yeah. Not so much, you know, than the the spiritual sense. Because yes, yeah, like the spirit the, the spirituality part of it 
was what I needed to, to, to speak to my soul. But the body, the physicality part of it was I needed to know, like, are you going to be, am I going to be all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I just couldn't find nowhere that I, that I could identify, you know what I'm saying? And really have, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that that part is important. I know that even, be, even when I started, when I told my uh, testimony openly over the pulpit, over the, you know what I'm saying, the service into, mm -hmm. into the atmosphere, the amount of people that met me after the service was alarming. You know what I'm saying? I was met with just massive tears. You know, people just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you had the, you know what I'm saying, the, the strength to say that, the bravery, and then began to pour their hearts out to me mm -hmm. about what they needed, what they, you know what I'm saying? And so how it helped and gave them hope just for me to say something because you needed a point of contact in order to feel like, okay, all right, I'm gonna be all right. Okay, I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna be all right. Yep. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was all right. <laughs> but do you see how powerful that is? Like when there is connection and familiarity. Yeah. How that alone, like people coming to you, they didn't come to you with solutions. Right. Right. They right. came to you with understanding because they too were there. Hmm. How powerful is that even as our leaders yeah. when they can come with their vulnerabilities? Yeah. yeah. Because that, you just said, you felt like, who is going to be okay? Yeah. The moment people, one, getting it out, yeah. right? And then being affirmed by folk because yeah. people were willing to be honest that yeah. they too have been and or mm -hmm. are in yeah. the same boat. Yeah. And yeah. many of us, as much as we won't admit it, are in church, in whatever, in life, mm -hmm. in the same boat, right. but act like we're going in different directions. Right. We are all, many of us right. are in the same boat. Yeah. And so I think that's important to highlight that, yeah. that connection and familiarity and how much further we can go as believers yep. when we connect yep. in authenticity. Right. Yeah. And not connect in just well, we come to church. Hey girl, hey, hey. Yeah. But when we connect, right? Yeah. Which which is that heart work when we connect together. Mm -hmm. You you walked away feeling like no remedy, no, no therapist yet, right? No, no. But you no. felt good. You felt like yeah. it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. Yep. Gonna be all I'm right. going to be okay. Yep. yep. That to me. This is probably going to ruffle feathers as well. But that, to me, is what church is. Yeah, yeah. That is not a building. Yeah. It's when we can come together. Yeah. In our pure forms, our vulnerabilities and all. Yeah. And be there for one another. Yeah. It's like the people that should help you do life. Because, you know, I know even as, as parents with kids, you know, we always say it takes a village to raise our kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, it takes the the godparents, the auntie, the uncle, the grandparents, you know, and to all have a uh, a hand and a and a say in it, and a you know to come in and help you pick them up, take them here. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a village, but that village, a village, always not just for children. It takes a village just for us to just move throughout this life because this thing is just 
it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then when you think about the word and how like so many commands that he put in there, just, you know what I mean? I'm just like, he knew that this thing would be rough. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, he put certain things in there to make, to, 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 for us to use, you know what I'm saying? As tools, uh, for us to use as weapons, you know what I'm saying? Like all those different things. But a lot of times we just kind of walking around just, you know, idle and all we feel equipped with or all we feel, only time we feel equipped is when on Sundays when we're, you know what I'm saying, when we're in the service, we walk out, we like, cool, I'm good. I feel lifted and empowered. But then Monday come, you're like, you know what? So, so now this is something I've said for some years now. Um, I had a very in-depth conversation with my father. It's been some years ago about the church. Um, Your and father. what? Yes, my father is a pastor. Yes, yes. Um, and so, what I said was that the church is like the dope house, mm. and the pastors are the dope dealers. Mm -hmm. what they have done and do, and I'm not saying this for all, they give you just enough mm. versus pouring out into you. Because mm. many give them, because for many, it's a business versus a, versus a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Just enough. Like you said, you walk out feeling like, yeah. Now, nothing much has been said, but, you know, he right. coming in on a Honda and all of that. that not, not, I'm not saying for all churches, but for many, nothing has been said. Yeah. Jesus is on the main line. Call him up and tell him which one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. He's just like, woo, yes. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you walk out feeling good, and then Monday hits, right? Yeah. And you may be okay Monday. You may be okay Tuesday because you're still on this high. By Wednesday, Thursday, things, because you don't have anything to sustain you. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I have sustainability, going back to what I said initially that the church is, yeah. it's a connection. It's not necessary for me to come and get my fix. Yeah. It's for connection, vulnerability. Yeah. So when you pour as a pastor and a preacher and a teacher and a friend and a whatever, when you pour into me, I have enough. I can pour into this person. Yeah. My cup should run over. Not my cup should be full just enough. Right. Of, or, of, of, of little things. Or you keep coming back with the same cup. <laughs> can't, can't, you know, you can't share with anybody. You can't give anybody anything. And it goes to, I know everybody's like, okay, I know our topic talks about suicidal thoughts. Like, we're going there. We're going there. Stay right. This, right? But that's when those things, those thoughts, those negative thoughts start happening. Right. Because I'm like, but I'm going to church on Sunday, and the pastor is preaching, and the spirit is high, and I'm going home and feeling bad. Well, yeah. because you probably have not been filled with much. Right. And I think just in line of it, I think it's the right time to talk about some things um, statistically as it relates to even thoughts. So yeah. if the irony is, you know, we planned this, uh, you know, what, two, three weeks ago. And yesterday I happened to be in a training and it reminded me because I've heard this before, but it remind it was a, a great reminder and something I think worth mentioning tonight. Okay. That the average person has, and this is according to the National Science Foundation, and this was done several years ago. Mm -hmm. The average person has between 12,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. All right? So 
$12,000 thoughts a day. I think that number's a little bit more now because I feel like I heard it not too long ago and it was 60000 I think yesterday they said forty. Mm -hmm. Here is the thing. Yeah. 80% of them are negative. Are negative. Crap. And that's when this study was done some time ago. Right. Now right. these are, and we're, we're talking about believers. So you, you, you're one of those. You're one of those who have 12 to mm. 50,000 thoughts. And 80% of your thoughts are I negative. Mm. Here is what I think is even more profound. 85% mm. of the things that we worry about never happen. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Help us. 80% of our thoughts are negative. 85% uh, of the things that we think are going to ha happen and we are worried about never happen. That, uh, that's, let's just take that in. That's, yeah. See, and these, these types of conversations and understanding is what's important. Yeah. This is what is important because this is what strengthens us as humans. Yeah. And as believers. Absolutely. And if we start, I've seen a few comments in the chat. If we start having more conversations like this. Yeah. To, to bring awareness. Because that's the thing. I think sometimes we are okay with what we don't know. And that's, that's not until good. What, until what we don't know begins to attack us. To attack, absolutely. 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 Right? Because you didn't know anything about anxiety. You you knew nothing about it because nobody yeah. talked about it yeah zero had no idea what it even was what it even, never heard of it never came across anyone you know what i'm saying never never because yeah, what will quickly happen you know has happened in times of old and even times now when you have what looks like a panic attack you know have trouble breathing have this you know oh let us pray oh let's pray Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about that. I do not think and I do not want anyone to believe that I believe something is wrong with prayer. Mm -hmm. I do believe, however, that in addition to that, mm -hmm. we need to start with the root. What is it? Because yes. it could be that someone did something to you, right? And your brain forgot it. Mm. And, and it started reacting differently okay let me just put that back here right and then something triggers it and has triggered it well if i don't deal with that and we go straight to let's pray let's pray let's pray well that still is here still there it's it's it doesn't move until we move it yeah mm. but we have been taught to hold on to our trauma to yeah. hold on to our past to yeah. and just deal with it and yeah. by dealing with it, I don't mean really processing it and exploring it and opening it up. By just, you'll be all right. Yeah. And so here now you are in the church mm -hmm. being told that you'll be all right, being told to pray, not giving the proper tools or even the opportunity to understand the tools. So those thoughts fester. 80%, remember, let's go back to that. 80% of our thoughts are negative. Those negative thoughts fester. Those negative thoughts turn into more negative thoughts. Those negative thoughts turn into more negative thoughts. And you have pastors and you have preachers and teachers and leaders and members leaving this place. Mm. Committing suicide, <laughs> having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, there is no hope. If I can't find hope in the church, there is no hope. And the church is failing our people. Yeah. 
all in the name of prayer. Because mm -hmm. we're not having these kinds of conversations. Yep. We're, we're not owning this. Mm -hmm. And then when you, when you mentioned uh, the, the things, the traumas that, you, that, that happened to you, um, we stuff those things and we move on because we still have to live. We still have to survive. Uh, we still, you know what I'm saying, we still move on. But those things are still in our, you know what I'm saying, in our subconscious. And the moment that, that they're, you know what I'm saying, that the things start happening, panic attacks, anxiety, whatever, depression, is because something has triggered those things that are in your subconscious. So it's kind of, you know, maybe you can, the illustration of a closet, you know what I'm saying, per se. Um, and you've stuffed so much in your closet, right? And you've just kind of pushed it closed, just hoping that it wouldn't, the stuff wouldn't just bust through the door. And I believe that the panic attacks and anxiety and stuff like that is your closet can no longer hold the things you've put Yep. So whether it be things that happened to you as a child, you know, say it could be molestations, could be rapes, could be, um, you know, uh, bullying, could, you know, insecurity, uh, father not being there, mother not being there, adoptions, uh, all these different things that that we've uh, carried um, mm -hmm. that were, you know, weren't uh, some of it self-inflicted, some some of it not but it's still in the closet, you know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes that people, um, I, and, and I will speak for, for myself, I, because I know uh, when it was time to deal, you know, when I, when, I, when, I, when I figured out that it was time to deal what was in the subconscious or in the closet, I was afraid to deal because I'm not certain of what's in the closet. <laughs> yes. And exploring the closet made me afraid to deal, mm -hmm. which is what we do. We stuff and we stuff and we stuff because I'm not about to, I don't want to feel it. I don't want to deal. I don't want to, I don't want to resurrect nothing. I, <laughs> we run, we escape, we retreat. You know what I'm saying? But it's like yep. until you deal with the things that are in the subconscious and in your closet, they're going to deal with you. And unfortunately, we're not unfortunately, fortunately, we are equipped to deal with the things that are in that closet. Yes. We have the tools. The Holy Spirit has given us the tools to deal with it. The one, I tell you, the one thing that, um, in my time with, you know what I'm saying, in dealing with panic attacks, a lot of the time I couldn't sleep. So, um, oddly, it's very hard to, to, to understand, but in the times where I was uh, not able to sleep, I, I believe that I was in a, what felt like a dream state, okay? Mm. But I was very aware. You know what I'm saying? I could hear my room. I could hear the bedroom. I could hear footsteps. I could hear talking, like of my family and my you know, my children. But, but I also felt that I was not present. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, which was odd. You know what I mean? And I in that time, 
that I spent there is when the Holy Spirit would visit me. And we would have these conversations. He would dialogue with me. Because, and here's the thing, when it comes to this, you know, when it comes to this thing of depression, panic attacks, whatever the case, when you deal with it with the Father, He's able to kind of get into that closet with you. Mm -hmm. There's no way for you to not deal with what's in the closet. Now, you're going to either go one way or you're going to go with him. You know what I'm saying? But either way it go, you got to deal. The awesome thing about, you know what I'm saying, dealing with it with the father is that he'll come inside the closet with you. And what he was doing in the closet with me was searching my heart. So a lot of the things that was in my past, a lot, like he would present things to me. He would tell me, what's this? Let's deal with this. Let's deal, you know what I'm saying? Let's deal with your father issues. I didn't even know I had daddy issues. But because the Holy Spirit was in there with me, he highlighted those things to me mm -hmm. so that I can push, you know, put them in my, you know, my mind, think about it, sit back, contemplate it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, and then I think I remember I would ask my mom questions, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what was my relationship like, you know what I'm saying, with my dad? I don't remember my younger years, you know what I'm saying, as a kid. I don't <laughs> remember our relationship. So because the Holy Spirit highlighted it for me, I then now began to kind of search it out because I had to get to the root of it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, then he would highlight things about, just, like, just my past um, when I was in college, my college years. Just the you know certain things that I felt, certain uh, scary things that I that I did, mm -hmm. uh, situations I put myself in that I was just like, ah, oh, that was stupid. Why would you do that? You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all these like different things that was highlighted to me that I didn't know that really fed into my insecurities, that fed into like all all these different things that I was carrying. But this all was in was in my subconscious, was in my closet. And until he was able to get in there and search my heart out and highlight those things for me, I would not be able to deal. I would not even be functional at this time in my life because at that time I was not functional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the things that were in my closet started to deal with me. And it will. And I think it's also important to, um, to, to marry because I got to toot the horn, right, of the therapist their role my role even in helping someone is a i got you have the father who's highlighting you have someone who then helps give you tools and equips you in in relationship with him right i'm not negating what god does and i'm definitely not negating what the therapist you know does and brings to the table but it helps you because here's the thing like you said something very profound about if you don't deal with it it'll deal with you yeah. and so as you're talking about the closet you know you know, all these analogies and, you know, similes and metaphors just kind of like get me to going. Yeah. But what I thought about, because somebody even put in here that about carrying baggage and people will, you know, some of the some of the baggage we cl collect that is not ours. And yeah. so prior to me seeing that post, um, that message, what I thought when you were just talking about the closet and it being stuffed is sometimes we put stuff in there that does not belong in there. And so those are, because we haven't dealt with it and even know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put things in there that don't even, because we don't, we don't know if we're coming or going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just put everything, oh, that's where it goes. Oh, you, oh, just put that over there. Oh, yeah. just, you know, because we do that in a natural. Oh, just, yeah. just, oh, just put it in there. It'll be, no, no, it'll be all right. 
I'll get it later. Just put that in there, right? So we we taking on stuff that we ain't even supposed to take on. Like, yeah. okay, if that's a closet for my shoes, that's what go in there. Shoes go in there, right? But we'll we'll go and put purses in there. We'll put clothes, and we'll the next thing you know, we're putting we're storage. We're yeah. storing things that we need to get rid of. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah. a, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I'm going to, and we, that's what we do emotionally. Yeah. We store things that we need to get rid of. <laughs> Because, A, we haven't been equipped to even know. And mm -hmm. so it's like, well, everything just keeps going in there. I just don't deal with it. So I keep putting yeah. it away and putting it away and putting it away. And as you said, at some point, it's going to deal with you because yeah. it will be literally busting at the seams. Absolutely. There's that. Absolutely. And so now you have to deal with it. And now here is when many are not equipped, where the mental breaks happen. Yeah. Because I am overwhelmed with my closet. Yep. Yep. And I've not been given the tools, the yep. know-how to deal with it. And now I'm at a point where I am overwhelmed with mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. And and I know we talked about this, and I, but I think it's appropriate just to keep on going with this closet analogy. Because another thing that we don't, when those of us, okay, the father highlights, we're ready to go. You ever clean your closet and the cleanest, you got to take everything out. Once you take everything out, you're tired. You're like, um, I'm not going to put it back. Why did I do this? Because um, this was dumb. <laughs> this is about the dumbest thing I ever did. Because I, now maybe that's not you, but that's been me. I, if anybody's seen my closet, you probably know. It's like when I literally, my physical closet, go to take stuff out, it's like, oh, it's overwhelming. Oh, I need to. And you have everything in the room, and you're like, oh. yeah. Where, and where did that come from? So it's two things happen. One, you get overwhelmed, but then two, you start saying, well, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. How long have I had? I don't even wear that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I can't even, so mentally, I, I've lost the capacity to even own and deal with this, but yet I've kept it in the closet. Yeah. I've worn it till the wheels have fallen off. I can't wear it anymore. I don't even want it anymore, but I yeah. put it in the closet. Yeah. That dead relationship, I don't even want, but I put it in the closet. And so it contributes to the junk and the mess because we're not dealing with it. We've not been taught how to deal with our emotions and thoughts about things. And so we've been, what we do, we, the body just go on autopilot. Autopilot yeah. says, oh, just put it away, just put it away. And so yeah. we put things in the closet that A, don't belong in there. And then B, when we get ready to clean the closet, we're overwhelmed. Yeah. And C, we find things in there that we had no clue that we kept and held on to. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so it's amazing to think about what getting in alignment with God, getting in alignment um, with the people that he sent here, the, yeah. the people like therapists. Some people don't yeah. like therapists. They like life coaches. Make sure they're certified is all I say. But yeah. <laughs> certified life coach, um, mentors. And to, when you realize that, A, going back to the beginning, fellowship mm -hmm. and connection is how we find our healing. Yeah. Period, point, and blank. Yeah. I'm not seen outside of, well, I've not seen it. So I'm not saying, because there, yeah, there's not been one miracle that I've ever seen, witnessed, or heard about that did not involve a connection. Yeah. I agree. Not one. I agree. That did not involve a connection. Yeah. So we have to be open and vulnerable yeah. to connect with others. Mm -hmm. And the church needs to, it would behoove the church. Yeah. <laughs> To start speaking that language, yeah, the language of vulnerability and the language of connectedness. Yeah. 
because we need help. Yes. We need help. We need each other. We need we need help. We need therapists. We need therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like even in my in my time when I had when I had a therapist, I was like, dang, so why why didn't I do this? Why don't I do this all the time? Yes. Like, you know, <laughs> that would really help me. Even in just your week by week, you know what I'm saying? Of being and just processing your week. Mm -hmm. I think we don't even take enough time to kind of just sit with our thoughts, you know, because most people are afraid of their thoughts. Like you say, 80% of our thoughts are negative. No one wants to sit with their thoughts when all they're thinking about is failing, you know what I'm saying? Or failure or lack. Not enough. <laughs> Lonely. Mm -hmm. I'm never look. I'm never gonna find anybody. Right. Right. Life for me is never gonna turn around. I'm just gonna always be a nobody. And right. that. And what I oftentimes have said, and I say this regularly to my clients, when we stay in that space, we miss the life that is around us. Mm. So when I stay in a space of negativity, yeah, I miss the blossoming of the flower. Mm -hmm. because I'm saying it looks like it's going to storm all out, out and you know oh woe is me here come that storm I mean it's storm y'all hear the thunder it's yeah. coming meanwhile there is a rosebud blossoming and here is the beauty and I, I don't and I guess this is why I even use storming um that the produce of rain or rain produces let's say it mm -hmm. that way so the thing that I'm afraid of is the very thing that brings life. Mm. So the things that we are, we hold into this negative space mm. are things that potentially could bring life and or could prevent us from seeing the things that bring life. So when we say stuck in this space, yeah. we miss it. I'm like, you know, you ever are driving on the road and you're so preoccupied and you miss your exit. Yeah. And you're like, how did I do that? How, I, because that's what happens to us. Yeah, We're so yeah. preoccupied with negativity, 80% of our thoughts are negative, mm -hmm. that we miss the positivity, the positive things that come in our lives that we've experienced, yeah. that we've done. I, you know, I have this thing. I absolutely love working with teenagers who, you know, like can be troublemakers. So the, so the world says. Yeah. So I've met them all, those who have, you know, probably done one crime to the other the seven deadly sins you name it i've met with people who've done those things i've met with them and so one of the things that i like when i have teenagers and young young adults who do this you know who commit crimes and things and they're you know I, you know either they're in the i don't need therapy space stage or they may be in like you know i really you know i messed up my life is horrible i'm you know um mm -hmm. I, I there's no way out this and the third so what i always do is look for something positive yeah. So, um, you know, I remember I met with a slider, um, you know, those who slide in the cars and, you know, and I was like, man, you some kind of bold. Mm. There is a boldness on the inside of you. Mm. You know, he's looking at me like, what? And, I, you know, and it shifted his mind that, to know that someone, because how often do people not even speak here again? Let's go back to the church. We don't even speak positivity in the folks' lives. Mm. You know, that's a whole nother story for another day because right. we'll sit in the seat of judgment all right. day long. And so here, here, I'm telling him, I'm like, that, 
I was like, nah, you know, I would hate to come across you one day. I hope, you know, you, you wouldn't try to take my car. But the fact that, you know, I'm like, this mindset that you have, that right. you are that bold, that you, you go after something you wanted. I was like, now, let's figure out how we can shift that right. to the things that are positive. But let, let me focus on a skill that you have. Yeah. versus because you've heard they've heard someone say you ain't nobody i can't believe you did this you know you you never gonna be and and for this young man that pretty much was what i and when i got a chance to get around the family that was the message sent mm. you're not gonna be anybody you're not you know and i started saying i was like what do you want to be what do you right. want to do okay because you are and so that why what are we speaking into ourselves and into our fellow believers as mm -hmm. leaders Worship leaders, you know, yeah. spiritual leaders, preachers, prophets, evangelists, bishops, whatever our titles. Right. What are we speaking into our congregation and even on the on the church level? And what I mean by that, when I look at church as the connection, what am I speaking on the connection level? Not when I get up behind the book board and I got a microphone and I got tens of thousands or hundreds of people watching me. What right. do I say when I see the young man walk across the church walk across the front of the building or walk here or go, what do oh when I'm out in public what do yeah. I say to them then yeah 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 so yeah I think we just have we have our work cut out yeah we do we have our work cut out we but have our work cut out it's gonna take the dialogue you know what I'm saying it's gonna take the intention, the intentionality in it is going to take um, the vulnerability. It's going to take transparency. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take for us really to be in the trenches for real, for real. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, I, I didn't think that at the time that I would expose the things that I've gone through uh, openly that it would draw so many people to me. You know what I'm saying? Never did I think that in a million years. I, you know, I was like, well, it's out. The Lord told me to say it. I said it. And it's out. Let me go and, take my seat. Right. Then the level, you know what I'm saying, of people that, you know, reached out to me, that inboxed me, that, you know what I mean? And I've talked to so many people since then, which really, you know what I'm saying, further kind of let me know, like, yeah, you know, this is uh, this is a thing. And, and this is not just something that because i think now i feel like the world is beginning to talk to talk about it now you've got a lot of like um our celebrities you know what i'm saying um of african-american uh celebrities that are beginning to have this dialogue um now um and and i believe that we're in a time or we're in a space where it's time for us to um for all of us to just start the conversation we're just you know what i'm saying two people that were just like all right the lord put it on our hearts we're going to come together we're going to discuss this we're going to talk, we're going to be open, we're going to, you know what I'm saying, we're going to have questions, we're going to, you know, have our perspectives. Are we experts? No, we're not experts, but we're experienced, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. in that regard and kind of know and can live by the word of our testimony, you know what I'm saying, and that can bring so, so much, you know what I'm saying, to, to me now, it's like, man, to live by the word of your testimony, that's what I was looking for, mm -hmm. And my search on YouTube was somebody who was living by the word of their testimony so that I can have hope and I can feel like I'm going to be okay because I had a point of contact for somebody that, to say, hey, hey, you're, you're, you're going to be all right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you're come through is when? I don't know. <laughs> but 
I was in a space where I had no choice, you know what I'm saying, but to do the work. And and now it's up to us to make sure that when people start feeling that onset of uh, symptoms, you know what I'm saying, that onset of symptoms of uh, not really uh, being able to know what certain things are, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. having like the shortness of breath, you know what I'm saying, just out of nowhere, rapid heartbeat, you know what I'm saying, just um, out of nowhere, feeling uh, displaced, feeling like uh, you're, uh, you're in the world, but you're not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're kind of in this uh, weird out-of-body space, you know what I'm saying? Um, even from, like, uh, dry mouth, you know, feeling like you can't swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, uh, what else? Uh, uh, sweating, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, profusely. Um, uh, um, not being able to sleep, uh, have sleepless yeah. nights. Days, yeah, insomnia, having, you know, not being able to sleep. Um, I think for me, I, I, I couldn't sleep for like three days. So I felt like when I got to the third day, I kind of was feeling like a, you know, I'm like almost hallucination, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? In a sense, because I felt That's like right. I kind of doing, you know, was was weird. I tell you one thing, I have gained a new respect for the mind, you know what I'm saying? I've gained a compassion for people who deal with schizophrenia and 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 you know and bipolar or uh, multiple personality disorders and because the mind is so profound it's brilliant in its makeup it it is the lord made this mind so brilliant and so massive you know that you know, that if we don't, you know, if, if, if we're not doing the management and we're not managing it uh, correctly, we're not managing it, it will flip. You know what I'm saying? It'll flip. And even I think what's important to say, those of us who are in authoritative, be it parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, positions, if we don't secure and help manage that of our children. Yeah. Right? Um. Because there are some people who are literally products of their environment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't even understand management because they were born into chaos. Absolutely. And so, but here again, what I said earlier, depression begets depression. So chaos <laughs> begets chaos begets chaos, right? And so that's why I think, too, as a church where we step in and we, we, we pray for and work with. Right. right individuals and help them to see and to understand but there's that too there are the, there are many adults and even those of us who are leaders who are who have some sense of responsibility for our young yeah um because you know a child who hurts people can oftentimes become an adult who hurts people absolutely um, right and a child who helps people can oftentimes become an adult who helps people, right? And so there is a responsibility that I think that we have as well as adults. What are we feeding into our biological children and then those children who are just, you know, ours in terms of space and connection? What are we feeding into them? I think that is super important um, because nature and nurture are both real. Um, There's some things that we're just naturally, you know, pre, you know, we, we just... This is just what it is, right? Um, your father has asthma, mother has asthma, or something. There's a likely a strong possibility from a physical standpoint that you may have asthma, right? If they have allergies, so there is that. There is that mental piece as well. If 
you know, I've, I've seen several children where mom is, you know, possibly mom may be bipolar and the child has bipolar tendencies. And next thing you know, we're like, oh, yeah, there is, you know, so there's that. So there is that nature. Yeah. But there also is or and there also is nurture. Yeah. There are circumstances and situations that children and, and even adults have found themselves in without the tools. So the body responds. And oftentimes it may go into a retreat state or it may go into this hyper emotional state looks mm. bipolar. Hey, hey, how you doing? Come here. Right. It may go into this hallucinogen state. Hey, schizophrenia, come here. Um, mm. Because they have not been equipped. Right. Mm. From mm. a um, nurturing standpoint. Right. Of, for what they need to right. move forward. So I think that both of them, you know, yeah. so I think as we, as we look for ourselves, we also think about the responsibility we have for community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was, so, this was good. This is great. Nazinga, you like, you rock. <laughs> as do you. You rock. So like, I think like, this is a great place to, um, to conclude um, this, um, this episode um and i really think that we've you know we've 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 gotten a great start you know what i'm saying a great start on just uh laying a foundation you know what i mean of where you know the roots of how these things spiral and they end up you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? in that space where you feel suicidal or you feel like i can't manage i can't Cause it's like suicidal thoughts. It's just literally, I can't, I don't want to manage this anymore. It's too much. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. it's too much. I, I want to, I just want to go, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but it starts in that closet, you know what I'm saying? In this subconscious um, place. And that's where we have to do the work. You know what I'm saying? And we kind of, and I, and I believe that in, in, in your, um, your line of work, the therapy aspect, you help, us do the work you know what i'm saying you're there to walk with us to do the work as and and that is worship you know what i'm saying you mm -hmm. give your life for that you know what i'm saying you lay that before the father every time that you are encountering someone you know what i'm saying like you're not just like oh this is a job da, 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 da. you're like no father lead me in how i walk along with this person that's worship Yes, that, that's you placing every you know placing your um i always um go off of romans 12 1 and 2 like the message version where he said take your everyday life you're eating you're drinking you're going to work you're you know you're singing you're being a therapist you're <laughs> being a doctor you're being everything take your everyday life and place it before the father as a reasonable sacrifice you know what I'm saying? it's almost like well, Lord, this is the least I can do because my eyes are open. You called me to do this. You've, 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 uh, you've given me the tools that's necessary for me to walk along somebody and help, you know, help them um, move across. I believe that my assignment as worship is to teach people how to take your everyday life and place it before the Father as a reasonable sacrifice that's what worship and therapy is you know what i'm saying yep. that's literally what it is in a nutshell and we are committed to this work and i know that i didn't go through my process of this 
for no reason. You know what I mean? I, I do believe that um, that a lot of times when we go through things, you know what I'm saying, in our lives, it's it's not for us. You know what I mean? It's, it wasn't, you know, so even when people are like, whoa, it's me, it's not it's not really for you. You know what I'm saying? I just I just need you to trust me so I can pull you through this mm-hmm. and you can help everybody else, you know what I'm saying, that's going to come along in your path. Uh, or that are connect to you for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? They don't know why they're drawn to you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm excited, you know what I'm saying, for what's um, to come, but we definitely are here to to be a help, to be uh, a bridge, to be a uh, the person who throw the stick in the quicksand. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking! Somebody pull got you. Um, we got you. And I, you know, I want to say this. I think it's very important to say, I say this often. Um, don't, and it's easy to say, don't as best you can try not to beat yourself up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because many who may even be on here may feel low. Like you may have gotten on because you were in a low space. Yeah. Right. Don't beat yourself up. I made a comment yesterday about moving you know, if um, the question was asked about someone drowning and I said, but drowning constitutes that you're still moving. Mm. So as long as you're moving, you can still move. move. And so somebody who may be watching this, right? I feel like I'm doing a call, but someone who may be watching this. (laughs) You know, that, that, that part is important. That's the part, you know, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the show, when they dealt with suicide on the show, they have to give the hotline. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We want to make sure that you are well. Yeah. Um, and like Corinne said, you can reach out to us. And I want you to just really walk, you know, walk away with knowing that you are a not alone. And as long as there's still movement, there's still movement. There's still places, even if it's one moment, one step, one day at a time. You know, yeah. we hear it often. Rome was not built in a day, right? And, and we won't tackle our closet, right? We talked about, I, I will not clean my closet in a day. No, no. It's going to take some time. So give yourself permission and space for grace. grace. Mm. Because it's going to take time. But yeah. you will, you can, you are, you tuning in today is a movement, right? Yeah. It's a step, um, you know. So continue to give yourself grace as we all, because we all are in the same, like I said, we're in the same boat. We might be on different levels, but we're in the same boat. Yeah. Um, so know that you are not alone and that whatever, you know, as long as you keep moving, keep, even if you move just um, like mm. not even a, a third of an inch, yeah. it's still a movement. If I'm trying to get from here to the end of my room and I take a tiny step that may be a miller step that nobody can even see hardly, right? But it's a step forward. Guess what? I've just gotten closer to the to my goal. Yep. So on that, movement is movement. And your pace and our all of our pace is different. I'm gonna pray real quick and then we'll close out. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, Father. We thank you, God, that it was enlightening, God. Thank you, God, in words. Thank you for those that are listening, Father. Cover them, keep them, God. Protect them from any hurt, harm, or danger, God. We thank you for uh, this time. Thank you for the call. Um, And thank you for equipping us, Father, to just uh, be available, God, for anybody who needs, uh, needs us in this capacity, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Night, y'all.
Good night.